0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 2000, Why You Should Invest in Real Estate, part two, by ESI of esimoney.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Welcome to episode 2000. This marks six and a half years of this podcast and quickly approaching two years of me hosting the show. It's been an amazing journey, and this is a great time to thank you for coming along for the ride. I always appreciate your kind words and sharing the show with others. It's thanks to you that we've been able to hit this milestone. Today's post is a continuation from yesterday. So if you're new here, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Why You Should Invest in Real Estate, part two by ESI of esimoney.com. How real estate allowed me to retire at 52. Before we get into why I like real estate, let's take a quick look at my background for perspective. I bought my three places, 14 total units, shortly after the housing collapse. I paid with cash. This allowed me to negotiate lower prices, plus beat out other potential buyers who needed to get financing. I hired a contractor, and as units came up for renewal, we remodeled them, making them much nicer. As a result of the investment in the units, we raised rents. Shortly after I bought my second place, I turned day-to-day operations over to a professional manager. I net approximately 10% a year, and my places have appreciated 45% to boot. Update, the 45% number was an estimate from a couple of years ago. It's probably much higher now. I now live 1,000 miles away from the properties. I spend about two hours a month managing them, simply looking over monthly income and expense reports, and they account for 70% of my retirement income. Update, since ESI money and some of my other investments, like private real estate lending, have been doing so well, my rental units make up maybe 40% of my retirement income. Still very good, of course, and it's not like these have lost their earning power their percentages have decreased only because I've created extra sources of income. The worst thing I did, didn't buy enough. I had a firm 10% return guideline. If I had relaxed a bit to just 9%, I would have had twice the number of places and currently be making a fortune. Update, I'm still kicking myself for this one. Why you should invest in real estate. Let's get to the nitty gritty now. Here's my list of advantages of investing in real estate. Number one, great returns. How would you like to make 10% on your money plus appreciation? It can be done. There's a list on my website of the financial results as well as details on the appreciation my places have had since I bought them. Yes, it's true that I purchased near the bottom of the housing collapse, which helps with appreciation but I'm looking at deals these days which still get me a 7% return. Number two, good source of income near retirement. If you want to retire, you're going to have to either live off earnings from your savings, withdraw from savings, or find some other source of income. With the first two, you're limited to 4% at most, which means you're going to have to save a boatload of money. This means you'll probably have to work longer, Since real estate has higher returns, the amount you need to invest is lower, so there are fewer years until retirement. So which sounds more appealing to you? A million dollars at 4% withdrawal, so 40 grand a year, or $400,000 at a 10% return, which is also 40 grand a year? Both earn you the same amount, but one is going to take over twice as long to reach. Number three, don't have to spend a fortune. I bought my places in a mid-size Midwest town. They cost me a bit under $600,000 for 14 total units and produce $60,000 or so of income a year. You don't need to spend $2 million in New York City to get the income you need. Number four, pretty good business with low hours. Let's say you owned a business that made 60 grand per year. How many hours do you think you'd have to work a week? It would be a ton. As I said, I spend about two to three hours max a month on my real estate investments. If we figured my hourly earnings over the life of my properties, it's probably astronomical. Number five, headaches can be minimized. This is the key that gets past Barbara's objections. Use professional real estate managers. I got mine shortly after I bought my second property and they have been awesome. Yes, they cost 8% of my rents, but they allow me total freedom and almost no time commitment. They also handle all those pesky early morning emergency calls and deal with bad tenants. It's money well spent. There's no way I could own my places and live half a country away without them. Number six, it's a creative outlet. For someone who likes business and being creative, real estate is awesome. You get to make financial decisions and then design a living space based on your vision. With my places, we bought units that needed a bit of TLC, invested 10 grand in each, and went to work. They turned out stunning. Rents increased a couple hundred dollars a month per unit too. It was a fun process. And number seven, does require upfront time, but it's fun. The largest time investment for me was actually finding the right places. But this is enjoyable too. I like looking at various homes and apartment units, imagining what they can become and reviewing the possible financials. If you don't enjoy this sort of thing, it can be a hassle, but if you do, it's a blast. I'd be remiss if I didn't offer one piece of advice that can make all of this go much smoother. Find a real estate mentor. When I finally found mine, I knew I was ready to buy. His advice and guidance through the process was invaluable update, in addition to finding a real estate mentor, I would suggest you do a bit of your own self-education along the way. I wish I had. If nothing else, it gives you additional perspectives and information. Since we're dealing with big-ticket investments, even one insight, finding, or fact could make you thousands of dollars better off than you would have been without it. Here are the books I think are the ones to give you a solid real estate education. How to Invest in Real Estate Building Wealth One House at a Time, The Book on Rental Property Investing, and The ABCs of Real Estate Investing. Summary. As I said in my comment in the original post, real estate investing isn't for everyone. So if the points previously mentioned turn you off, that's fine. There are other ways to grow your net worth and retire early. But if you want or need a solid source of income with good returns and you enjoy running your own mini business, Real estate investing just may be for you. Update, if the markets I'm interested in cool off a bit, I'll be investing even more in real estate in the future. Both Grand Rapids, where my current places are, and Colorado Springs, where I live now, are too hot for my liking, and prices make earning a decent return difficult, unless you bank on appreciation, which I don't. I might also invest in a condo or home in a vacation location, using it part of the year and putting it on home away the rest of the time. But that's only a relatively undeveloped idea at this point. You just listened to part two of the post titled Why You Should Invest in Real Estate by ESI of ESIMoney.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com/ofd. That's m-o-n-a-r-c-h-m-o-n-e-y.com/ofd for your extended 30-day free trial. Appreciation of real estate was mentioned as an advantage in this article, but I'm glad ESI also mentioned that he isn't banking on it. While I'm personally not a real estate investor, I had the pleasure of recently seeing Rich Carey from Rich on Money speak at Camp Fi about this very topic. Rich owns 30 rental units, and I was really surprised at what he had to say about appreciation. He was making the point that real estate investors need to focus on cash flow and only buy properties that fit the 1% rule, which basically states that the property's monthly rent must be equal to or no less than 1% of the purchase price. Many people who invest in high cost of living areas where properties that follow the 1% rule are nearly impossible to find will often say they're banking on appreciation of the property over the long run. The trouble is that over the long run, appreciation on real estate typically just keeps up with inflation. But you may have periods where you see big jumps. So for example, Rich bought a house in 2003 for 280 grand. And two years later, the house was worth 400 grand. That's a 42% increase in value, which is awesome. And this is what you hear all the time when people talk about their homes appreciating. However, when he sold that house in 2016, it sold for 400 grand, meaning that it didn't appreciate any further over 13 years. And the real appreciation was 2.6 per year for the time that he owned it. To put that in perspective, over that same time period, money invested in the S&P 500 index would have returned 118%. This is another reason why many people in the personal finance space will point out that your primary residence is not an investment. A property is an investment when it's an income-producing asset. And it becomes an income-producing asset when you focus on cash flow on rental properties, not appreciation. And that's 2,000 episodes of Optimal Finance Daily in the books. Thank you again for all your support and for listening every day. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll catch you tomorrow with another post where your optimal life awaits.